0: Welcome back children, gather round, take a seat. Your two favorite uncles, Keith and Matt are here to tell you a story. We're gonna tell you about the emergence of UFC and its network television programming emerging onto the world stage of network sports on ESPN. We're gonna tell you about two tiny little wrestlers who learned how to punch people in the face really well. And now they'll be punching each other in the face for supremacy of two divisions. We're going to talk about two astonishingly attractive women who will also be punching each other in the face for supremacy of who can be the more attractive fighter or the better fight. I don't know something like that. One of them is probably going to be less good looking than the other at the end of the fight. but Who knows maybe it'll work for her. Couldn't be any worse than like botched plastic surgery I'm sure. But anyway as avid listeners of the show would know, we've talked about best-worst movies before. Bad movies that we still liked. But today, as this is an MMA-oriented episode, we're going to get into a little bit of a best-worst lists for fighters. And I can't wait to see what you have to say about it. Who are your favorite best-worst fighters? Because you're about to find out who ours are on the Best Worst podcast in the world, The Back and Bone Show. So as always, take a seat, get comfortable, pour yourself a drink, light some candles, get the ambiance just right, and enjoy the show.
1: shut up now. We casa, es su casa. Let come Let the party begin. Your ears you eat, and
0: I'll tell you why. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even
1: close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like, uh your opinion man take this quarter go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face Good now. i broke my back Look, it's fucking bone. you know i don't want to sound like a quarter or nothing but i'm really going to miss you guys when the show's over all
0: right we're on we're hey, live hey, in hey. action hey 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 as matt the back says Uh, Welcome back, everyone. Uh, MMA episode number two here. We're going to be talking about um, the upcoming UFC fight night on ESPN. uh, Fight night 143. Mm -hmm. Cejudo versus Dillashaw. Or is it Cejudo? Is he not Latin American? What is he?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I've heard it it both ways. Yeah. I say Cejudo. I feel like if you're a Hispanic, you never pronounce things with a J in a Hispanic. Is he, yeah, is he, is he
0: Hispanic? Is that a, no, yeah, he's,
1: he's Hispanic. He speaks Spanish.
0: Yeah, I thought he was Hispanic, but I heard, hear people say Sejudo, like, but that just sounds super fucking white. Like,
1: (laughs) that's not good. Sejudo? Yeah, that sounds, um, Sejudo can go one of two ways for me. It either sounds like a white guy trying to pronounce a Spanish word, or it kind of sounds like a Japanese word. It could, it could be Japanese, but
0: that might just be because, um, the word judo the judo being in it but see judo like i don't know that's how are you are you eating sour cream what is that? <laughs> it's a yogurt all right i guess i should have assumed that it'd be pretty weird if you were just fucking pummeling sour cream down your throat you never know i do I,
1: like sour cream
0: dude i love sour cream it's like one of the it, best things in the world
1: honestly though plain greek yogurt which is what i'm eating and sour cream taste almost the same
0: yeah, that's true they're, they're I not think sour cream off. would be a little bit better on its own than just plain Greek yogurt. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Agree to disagree on that yeah. one. I don't know, dude. Plain Greek yogurt's pretty pretty repulsive. Um, a little honey on it is really good. You ever do that? Just honey?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I like. Um, I really like sour. I don't, I don't like the taste of plain Greek yogurt by any means. Mm. It's not my favorite food. It's more just like a necessity, like quick little yeah. thing that I'll eat but I don't mind good, it. Good nutrients to keep yeah, the body going. Yeah, exactly. This, this back ain't going to build itself. All right. That's true. You've got to, that back <laughs> is all full of Greek yogurt. I wake up in the middle of the night and I eat yogurt. I got Excuse it next to my
0: bed. Raw milk protein. Mm-hmm. It's curdled phase. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, you want to start with the fights or you want to start with our, with our lists?
1: <laughs> Let's start with the fights. Cause I actually right. don't have a list. All right, oh, you want to hear, <laughs> so, want to hear what I came I, up I'll with. I'll probably right. piggyback off yours and <laughs> right. kind of well, desperately yes, you know try to think of things as we go.
0: Yeah, One. Of, I mean, for the people who uh, who haven't, who, well, all of you, because none of you have been privy to our private conversations. We were talking about uh, coming up with a list of, of like our, our top five
1: fighters with bad technique that are actually good fighters regardless. <laughs> I do have one in mind. Uh-huh that I believe will be a controversial choice. Um, We'll get to that. I don't want you to, I don't want you to go. I'm not letting it. uh, it
0: I I was actually, I, I mean, it, it probably would have been a little easier for me if we were thinking of like actual like fighters who were skilled or, or had really good technique that never really um, were able to like pull it off. Like I I was always more, I was always more um, enamored with those, those fighters like the uh, like Mike Pyle and, um, Fucking, uh, fucking like Elvis Sinisek, guys who are like super technical and super like skilled and like enough to make a name for themselves, even though they couldn't fucking string together any wins.
1: Yeah, those are the guys <laughs> you'd hear about like being kind of like the gym heroes. Yeah. You know, we're always like the team leaders, they were always the best dudes mm-hmm. in the gym they- for whatever reason mentally. It was difficult for them to.
0: Yeah, or or just physically, like they were they were guys who like brought stuff to the table that made everyone around them better, but just didn't really pull it off in in the fights for whatever reason.
1: That's a theory in itself, though. What if um, what if physically, what if that's a problem? Maybe they were putting too much out in the gym, and then by the time they got to fight night, true, that could be were- it too. But I I mean I I just always
0: noticed like when you would even see it in their fights, they were super technically sound, skilled guys who just. Yeah. When, it, when it came to the performance, they just weren't able to do enough. They weren't able to like make it work. <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to uh, Fight Night 143. This is the first one on ESPN, right? Yeah. Never done it before. No. Nope. Dear
1: God. First one on ESPN. Never thought I would... Scary. I mean, I always kind of knew we'd see the day. I don't know how I feel about it either because... Well, ESPN was kind of a shit talker on MMA for a they long were. time. Like they were, they were
0: big haters.
1: Yeah, uh, ESPN has always treated MMA as kind of like second fiddle to other, to uh, other more, well, to, to boxing basically.
0: Yeah. More than second fiddle, they they made statements along the along the vein of like it's not a real sport. It's a you know, it's a sideshow. Yeah. Like you know, things that are pretty. Uh, Pretty pretty deep cutting to real MMA fans and and the competitors in in MMA. You know, like
1: yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. We don't we don't like to hear. <laughs> well, ESPN, um, they're weird now too. They're like trying to create. They're like the Walmart of sports. They're creating a monopoly on everything. Sure, they signed a. Uh, I think they signed a contract with WWE. Like. Uh, with not that a couple years back, really, they, uh, they show a lot of WWE programming now too, and they even cover it. They had Brock Lesnar on there, but I think what happened was WWE ended up signing a contract with Fox.
0: You're telling me you can't uh, hear that Goffy thing?
1: It's like so loud. I here. can definitely hear it, but <laughs> it's, it's like not, it's farting now. <laughs> it's not. It's not a too big of a nuisance. No, no, yeah, um, so they're
0: they're taking over WWE, and so
1: now, but but then, yeah. but yeah, but then Fox ended up, I think, signing some kind of a contract with WWE. I want to say, you, I think it is absolutely
0: insane in this day and age for any network to be, um, or for any any organization, any content provider of any kind to be like
1: to be investing in a network. Who I the
0: fuck watches TV
1: anymore? They're, well, they're not like, investing. Here's the thing, though. They're not investing in the network. The network is investing in them. That's true. That's the a net- good point. Like for WWE, for instance, I know that, um, like USA Network, the one that shows uh, Monday Night Raw, they pay them a lot of money mm-hmm. to be on that channel. Because even though, even though WWE's viewers have kind of dwindled over the last few years, they still bring in like really, really huge numbers, and yeah. internationally, it's like a huge product. So, mm-hmm. I know they get paid really good amounts yeah. of money to be on those networks.
0: I just feel like um, it is sort of the way of the future that every every content provider is sort of just gonna any any production of any kind is just gonna eventually have to branch out and do their own thing and and become a, a live or a streaming or live streaming service.
1: Yeah. people can watch
0: it on their own time. They can watch it when they're available to watch it. Because that's like the biggest problem with network TV when we have the availability of the internet. To the internet is watching shit when it happens. We've had like DVRing I, forever, but a lot of people don't fucking do that.
1: I think eventually we will get to the point where network TV will just pretty much be a thing of the past. Yeah, We're but almost I'm, there, dude. We're on the cusp of we're it. We're almost there, but you still have... <clears throat> there's just... For, for lack of a better term there's just a lot of simpletons out there who want to sit down and watch their just, just what's on, on. <laughs> monday nights yeah dancing with the stars and you know what I mean well I mean I still have a
0: uh, i i have have fond memories like uh i mean there, there there is an element something's lost in um not doing that anymore because I remember we were talking about this on our last podcast and we were talking yeah. about beyond belief how well, Friday night, we had our routine. We right. watched The Simpsons. Right. We watched Beyond Belief. We watched, you know, the, you yeah. know like, and, whole and families that's... together. We used to watch, like, Maximum Exposure as a family. You remember that, that show? Yeah, I remember that I love that show. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it, I mean, that's getting lost. I, I remember the the video store experience. You remember going to, like, rent movies at a, at a movie rental place? Yeah,
1: I loved it. Yeah, my dude. favorite thing, that was the first thing that really sparked my interest in, um, in like horror movies and stuff yeah like that because they always yeah. had the most interesting uh art on their covers yeah it was almost when you went to the video store and you were looking at like old horror movie cover art it was like looking at random comic yeah. books and you're like man you had no clue what was
0: behind each what was one it's gonna be inside of it yeah and a lot of the time it would just be these god awful movies
1: yeah quite crazy. a bit yeah yeah and then sometimes you'd be present pleasantly surprised like i remember well, uh, you'd be ex- ple- sorry go ahead I still remember the first time I saw Evil Dead and um I had seen that at the at the uh, the video <laughs> store for years and I was like yeah. what is Evil Dead like I had no clue what it was I was like 9 years old and then I finally took it home and watched it and my mind was like blown. Yeah. I was like whoa that's like the cuz it was so cheap but they did such a good job well, it was, it was pretty co- scary.
0: Yeah, the original one was a college movie. Yeah. Yeah, so Yeah, he like, did it on a really yeah. low budget. Yeah. Um, it was like they were literally it was just him and his friends basically yeah. they used like cream corn for <laughs> like the the shim- one using out of like the sleeves and stuff like yeah uh, there's
1: one scene where you could see one of the zombie girls um you could literally see her actual finger poking out of the glove <laughs> of the, like, finger <laughs> there's yeah. a bunch of little things like that in there but and it's uh, funny
0: for it's funny for contrast to see the um to see like the new one the 2013 one
1: i actually uh, never
0: watched Mission that 100. one. It wasn't bad, but we're, we're getting, we're getting off topic here. We're getting yeah. into our movie yeah. reviews. Yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But really the, the point is just, just that like, you know, I see, I see UFC MMA and everything sort of becoming its own streaming network service. Like mm-hmm. everything else should be, you can pull it up on your phone, you can pull it up on your computer. Your I just, computer. I don't
1: think there's anybody that's done it right yet. UFC's streaming service that they have. UFC fight pass I, is God fucking awful. It's I, that's shit. Yeah, that's why I don't fuck with it. Um UFC if they were smart, they would look at Now the problem is UFC makes a lot of money off uh pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Um well, so they would never show their pay-per-views yeah. on Fight Pass. WWE's little package that they have is like amazing. They mm-hmm. they quit doing pay-per-views. They put all of their content on their yeah. and you pay 10 bucks a month for it and it's Hundred. If you're a fan of that, it's 110 yeah. percent worth that ten dollars a month. Right. UFC Fight Pass. They give you like a cup. It's garbage. They give you a couple fights. So they'll give you like the early, early prelims. Yeah. Dude, no, yeah. They run. have
0: like that's that's the problem with UFC. The whole UFC system is so fucking out of whack. Trying to watch it, it's like. The early, early prelims are on Fight Pass. The early prelims are going to be on Fox yeah. 1. The, the prelims are going
1: to be on... Yeah, so, no, a, so here's, how those, anymore, here's how those you know, structures... Yeah. I've, I've seen this before. I've seen them do Facebook prelims, yeah. Fight Pass prelims, Fox prelims, Yeah. and then the main card. It's like four different networks? Yes. Get the it's, fuck out of here. It's insane. I ju- like Seriously, as a, as a human being,
0: I just want to put it on and watch it. And I want to watch the whole card. I want to watch every single fight they have. I can't tell you how no. many times I've accidentally put on the prelims and been super pleasantly surprised that were the right. best fights of the night.
1: And, no, and I'm the same way. I like to <laughs> sit there. I I I treat the card like it's an event. You know, it's yeah. like a, you're building up to the crescendo. I want to watch it from the beginning. Right. Uh, but they don't. I don't think they realize how hard they make it to be a fan. Sometimes. They've, and expensive. <laughs> And it's illegal to ever watch the fights
0: after like, after they've happened. Yeah. There's like no way to ever see what happened if mm. you missed it the first time, unless you're going to stream it online. Or, yeah. or pay, you know,
1: $60 or whatever it is, $75 for the replay. It's full price for the replay if you want to watch it. You know, something that could be interesting that I just thought of, if they had some kind of like a tier system for the uh-huh. pay-per-view, where like, this would probably be way too complicated, but... Maybe something where, like, you could pay a discounted rate if all you want to watch is, like, the main fight. Right. And, like, for you could, sure, they could put sure. it into brackets or something like that, you know? Yeah,
0: that I mean, that would be complicated uh, to they add. They would lose a lot of more money, layers. though. <laughs> like, sure, you got to go to this
1: other channel now. No. Yeah. Um, they would lose a lot of money, though, because, like, n- when they have those big, giant fights, like McGregor versus yeah. Tadeem, you know, a big portion of the people who are watching those aren't diehard well, fans, and they're just going it- to pay for the main fight. Well just think about
0: how many people are out there um, that are one watching fights illegally or just not watching fights because uh, because it's too complicated or too difficult to watch them, too expensive. If they did a system where it was just affordable, it was realistic for people because like there's no fucking way I can I can afford to to buy a pay-per-view every time there's a pay-per-view. They're too fucking expensive. I don't make yeah. that kind of money. Um yeah. So, I mean, you know, I either got to go watch them somewhere or watch them illegally, you know, but yeah. uh, if I if I want to see them at all. Um, but if there was some like fairly reasonable system where I could pay regularly, like you said, like the 10 bucks a month, 15, even like 20 bucks a month, it would be like, hands down, for sure. I would watch everything
1: if you say, if, if, yeah, if they came out with something where they said, pay us even if they went as high as $25 a month. Yeah. If they said pay us 25 bucks a month, but we'll give you every pay-per-view for the whole year. I would do it. Yeah, for sure. And how many fucking millions of
0: people would too that are not yeah. watching fights now. That would be a huge income increase. And um the uh they would have their their ad revenue would increase and everything because you know, the more people watching and it's more trackable they because they have the system. There's just, there's too much money to be made on it.
1: Well, I guess that's what uh, that company, have you seen that company Dazen? D a z n. What? (laughs) You haven't heard of this? There's a company called, I think it's called Dazen. Dazen? Dazen? (laughs) Dazen. They just signed this multi, huge, massive contract with Canelo Alvarez. And I think he's already fought on there once. Um, but it's a network, it's like a fight network, basically. Oh, I, I think they're I think trying I think to be, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to become like the Netflix of fighting. So, every, right. moving forward, I believe every time Canelo fights, it's going to be on that network. I believe, yeah,
0: that's fucking sp- oh, is that the one he he did like uh, he got like a 300 or 365 million dollar contract? With yeah, it was a,
1: it was a crazy, crazy contract I think it was yeah. like the biggest contract in the history of boxing.
0: Yeah, that's what I, I think that's what I heard. Um, which is awesome. It's great. Anything that's increasing the revenue. And you know what? I think, uh, it's really important that the, um, that the, the, the money gets concentrated that way too. Like that it gets like the, the content that's coming out is what we want to see. It's more available to us that way. The, the ad revenue is is more specific to what people want to see than the the product that gets made is more specifically what people want to see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. More more money in everybody's pockets who deserves it. Yeah. And, we're, we're, and we as as viewers are paying for what we want to see as opposed to a bunch of extra shit and what we want to see. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so uh UFC 143, uh the Barclay Center in uh in Brooklyn, we got Dillashaw versus uh Sejudo Sejudo back Se-Judo. on this <laughs> Sejudo. Um
1: we did talk about this a little bit last time and I was saying hi. We did. I'm definitely rooting for TJ on this one.
0: Yeah, I'm going for TJ. Uh I like I like TJ more. I think uh I think TJ's uh a little bit more uh well a lot bit more competent of a striker. Yeah. it has got a more um has got a more spectacular uh striking resume uh he's just way like he funner to fights.
1: watch yeah he yeah. doesn't have boring fights i mean he, all of yeah. his fights are super exciting and that's and a lot of times in those lower weight divisions not to, they all have very fast paced fights mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of finishes a lot of the times like you know tj he finishes his fights he just has good fights for the mm-hmm. lower weight classes sure uh, so and i just want to some- see him
0: continue to win Something about Sohudo, he's just like kind
1: of a dork too. I don't know what it is. <laughs> he's definitely kind of kinda, yeah. There's something. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't really care for um, fighters that lack charisma. I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Not yeah. to say that DJ has a bunch of charisma because he's not great on the microphone, but he makes up for it because he's such an exciting fighter. He has a lot of style with how he fights. Yeah. So like, Hudo's just kind of. So Hudo feels like he's vanilla ice cream. You know, there's he's just effective. N- He's effective, but he's uh, not entertaining. Yeah, really, anyway. Sure, I, I agree. Um,
0: but uh, realistically, it's a close fight. It's really hard to say. You know, yeah. one person is a is a massive favorite over the other. Um, it's um. But it is I hard was, to
1: call. Yeah.
0: Who was I looking at? That. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, Won a, a couple couple fights down from the main event, we got a uh, Benavides versus Dustin Ortiz, and I was just looking up their records, and I didn't realize. I mean, it's been a little while. I didn't. I wasn't really thinking about it, but I forgot that Benavidez has a win over the Cejudo.
1: Yeah, they fought um, a few years back. Yeah, uh, it was a pretty close fight, but I, I remember thinking that Benavidez clearly. <laughs> Fight. I mean, it wasn't like a, it was, I think it was Cejudo's fight. It was after he fought DJ. He fought yeah. after that and he dropped that one too. I yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, that's just a little interesting, uh, interesting thing.
1: Um, there yeah. was rumors for a while that they were just going to get rid of that 125 pound division completely, but I'm, I guess that's not going to happen now. I don't know. I hope, I hope not. It's a great division. I mean, it's not
0: super popular, but it has really great fights in it. Those, those little one twenty five pounders are.
1: Yeah, no, I would be. Bu- I mean, look, I, if I they got rid of. If they got go away, like yeah, I don't want any division to go away. Would I be? Would I be as like if they were like, yeah, hey, we're gonna get rid of the one eighty five pound division? Of course, I'd be way more sad. Yeah, right. Twenty, <laughs> like to pretend like I care yeah. about the one twenty five as much as other divisions would be a lie yeah i right. most certainly care about it the least out of any men's division but i still like sure. it i still yeah. like some of the fights
0: i would be i'd be perfectly comfortable seeing a uh seeing a one fifteen division i don't really care i i wanna i want see all yeah. the fights all the shapes and sizes i think there's spectacular athletes that like i just said come in all shapes and sizes there's a there's there's a million ways for people to be good at, at good at fighting and exciting um yeah and cutting out cutting out divisions just makes it virtually impossible for some people to compete
1: yeah if they were to get rid of that 125 pound division like that a clear example is somebody like Demetrius Johnson who that's the ideal division for him right um he's perfectly sized for that like he did compete at 135 he dropped a couple fights in that division I think his only two losses were to Cruz and Brad Pickett Mm -hmm. but uh Every time he lost in that division, it was just like when he fought Cruz, it wasn't that Cruz was technically better than him. Cruz could just muscle him around a little right. he was just he, big he looked, looked,
0: dude Yeah, he looked bigger. You could just yeah. see, like, he was, he was visibly larger. Yeah. Um, he didn't have any business in there with him. And no. you know, Uncle Dom's no joke, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just fucking, but he got injured again. Did you hear about this? He's always injured. He can't he, stop getting injured. I, I don't know how I feel. Do you think he should retire?
0: I don't know dude, I don't want to see him retire. I want to I see don't him either. fight. But the thing is like I don't know if he can fight anymore cuz he gets fucking blown out every time he starts training.
1: I would assume it has to be a mo he cuz he's about Dominick Cruz is 33 right now. He's about to be 34. It has to be emotionally draining to prepare for these fights. He's had this happen it's like one guess. fight every four years, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna guess off the top of my said, at the top of my head, and say that Dominic Cruz has had this happen to him mm-hmm. probably at least fuck like ten times. Yeah, that's not that. Can't, that's probably not. What is what is he
0: doing to, to injure himself? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Too. like I don't. I don't actually. I don't know the story here. So
1: it's it's uh, weird too because when you look at his uh, fight record. He fought twice in two thousand and eleven and then he didn 't fight again until two thousand and fourteen. He only fought once in two thousand and fourteen then he didn 't fight again until two thousand and sixteen but he thought he fought three times that year mm-hmm. in two thousand and sixteen now he hasn 't fought since two thousand and sixteen
0: well, he fights frequently when he 's not injured he doesn't he doesn't you know wait around but... yeah
1: and, well, and I think that those divi- those lower weight divisions I think they need somebody like a dominant cruise. Mm-hmm. He's. I love his personality. I think he's hilarious on the microphone. Yeah. He's constantly like clowning the other guys in that division. Right. And he's just genuinely smarter. He comes off well, genuinely smarter he, than the other guys in that division.
0: Yeah. He he's another uh, guy that I would describe as having just a genius level fight IQ. For sure. He's yeah. Actually, articulate and intelligent, like in a, in a traditional sense. But as a fighter, he's super fucking smart. He's.
1: Yes. He when you listen to Dominic Cruz, and that's like for me that's a surefire way for a fighter to win me over like yeah. when i hear him talk and then they there there's actually you know some legitimate they're they're analytical in their approach mm-hmm. and they actually take the time to break things down right. i love that in a fighter and I don't, it, yeah. i'm not usually a fan of the guys who are like i'm just gonna fucking go out there and fucking throw hands and the first one to drop like that just yeah. kinda, way before yeah. he was ever famous he beat up a ninja on a viral video i remember that yeah. yeah that dude was way bigger than him too. yeah i know he fucking rolled that dude <laughs> the piece of shit out of it was kind of sad actually that guy really, yeah he, he does this in there that just shows you how ruthless dominant cruz is like he's <laughs> ruthless on the microphone like if he's gonna clown on another fighter he goes out of full force yeah there, there was this episode of um, ultimate fighter one time where he was coaching against uriah faber and uriah <laughs> faber was always walking around wearing tank tops and sandals when they got into an argument once, and Dominic Cruz was like, look at you. You look like a bum walking around in sandals. You talk like a bum. And he just like he just was so fucking mean to him. yeah. Uh, dick. And that's how it was in that video, though, when he beat the shit out of that dude off the street. <laughs> like, this guy thought he was a ninja. And he beat the shit out of him like he would have beat the shit out of anybody. Yeah, like, right. He did not exactly. care. It was I mean, it was terrible. an absolute fucking... Well, I remember watching that video
0: like way back then i think we were probably either like right after high school or in high school when it came out it was like way before dominant cruz had like a real career Mm -hmm. in wc or anything and it was just like it was just uh ninjutsu guy challenges uh mma MMA fighters you know so i guess this guy just went into the gym if you guys haven't seen it like look it up it's super funny um but yeah this guy he was like a ninjutsu guy he just came into um the uh gym i mean he was like you know. I, I'm like, this MMA shit's fucking whack. Basically, just talk some shit. And they're like, all right, we got somebody for you. <laughs> and they put him yeah. in with
1: Dominic Cruz. It's so funny how every time you see a video of when something like that happens, how just they, I feel like those gyms have had that happen so many times, mm-hmm. especially back then. Right. We're less informed. People now generally aren't that stupid. They know better than... You know what? Walking, you know, even though I, I'm sure it happens still. But.
0: I'm actually... I'm still pretty um, surprised at how uninformed people are. Even like people in combat sports communities about MMA. Like uh, Just the other day when we were talking about our list, um, when I, I I was looking up fighters, and I just was like, you know, fighters with shitty technique uh MMA fighters are shitty technique. I was like Googling shit like that. And one of the things that came up was just all these lists about how all MMA fighters have shitty striking.
1: <laughs> like
0: people not fucking understand it yet that it's fucking different. It's right <laughs> it, yeah. MMA striking is completely different from from boxing. It's completely yeah, you, you're different. not kickboxing. they don't
1: understand the rules are different. Yeah. Like the, there's little things like like for instance the, like just for the nuances like, the
0: subtle things right
1: are very different just like for people listening for like one of the things that mma fighters will frequently get criticized by boxers about is um like having too wide of a base when they're throwing their punches yeah. something like that uh because right. they, they might get taken down or they might right. get leg kicked like there's a lot of other variables right. that they have to account for that you're not having yeah. to
0: just because it, just cause the one aspect looks like the same thing, it is it's being applied in such a different world. It's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's um. So there's still like a lot of a lot, of, and these were like these were published articles. These weren't like just people's blogs. These were published articles on like on on combat sports websites. That well, it would be you know, no different than really, that would be mind. like
1: that would be like a wrestling. That would be like a fucking a wrestling a national amateur wrestling organization mm-hmm. compiling a list and criticizing their wrestling technique. Of yeah. course it's not going to be world class level because it's different. It's a different right. sport. It's an entirely different sport. Yeah. It, it's applied completely differently. That's like that's like taking a comic book and criticizing, you know, comparing it to a movie, you know. <laughs> two, different things, two different mediums. Yeah. Really it's just silly. People are silly, right? Um,
0: but yeah, that. But that. That's. That's all I mean is to to just sort of recall how it seem. You. It seems like we're past that, but
1: it's like no. But you're right. You're right. I fucking. I have to talk to some stupid people all the time. <laughs> people are so. Um, people who don't follow uh, any kind of combat sports or martial arts. They. They. You're right. They are very naive to a lot of things. And they, um, they I'm still shocked till this day at some of the things that they'll say. I mean, just yeah. some of the really, really dumb things. Right. Um, so you're absolutely right. Yeah. I, I actually come across that all the time. And then it's like, I feel like a broken record because then I have to start explaining to them. And, and I've, yeah, you know, I feel like I, I have the same conversations so many
0: times with different people that I, I feel like I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> I feel like I sound right. ridiculous. Because it's all like it's all like pre-rehearsed at this point because I've said it so many times. It's like oh. no, I feel the exact same yeah. way. I literally have things. like a script
1: that I will use
0: every time I have to. But it, it also it's flex. the yeah. it's all it's always things that sound so fucking obvious. Like I feel like I'm just describing fucking common sense.
1: Well, ever. and no, you're right, but it's no different <laughs> than if I get a new uh client that I'm training and to me, descri- telling them how to do a lunge, this in my head, it's like I've ran through this thousands of times. It's going to mm-hmm. sound so simple, but something really, really small might be really mind blowing right. to them. They've never just taken the time to well, research it before. I get that a lot when I, when I teach or like yeah. when I teach
0: beginners. Exactly. It's like a lot of the time I'll have a hard time remembering what I need to tell people because I'm like, this shit is so, so basic. It's so simple I'm to really you. Overlooking it. Yeah. I've done this. This, it was so long since I first learned this, like how to throw like a jab or how to shoot a double that I have to like rethink about like, Oh, I have right. to pretend I don't know this at all.
1: <laughs> you, know, you know what you realize in the process of doing that is people don't do a lot of research. They don't take right. a lot of initiative on their own. Some people no. don't. I, I don't, but I don't ever expect them to. I, when people, right. come in, I, I go, they're like, coming to learn from you. Like so yeah. it's like, yeah. This is what you're coming yeah. to me for. Why would you be but, able to but, so but <laughs> I think from, from, in my mind, you always expect people naturally. You think, you think to yourself, you expect them to kind of do things the way you do things. You sure. think, well, well that, that's, don't you just go look yeah. it up. Like, yeah. you know well, what I mean? That's but, what, uh,
0: that's what I was going to say is because that's how you and me are. That's how we got into what we do. We, we figured it out first, and then we needed advanced instruction.
1: Right. Yeah. So,
0: we. Yeah. I did. I didn't. And I, I would tell people when I would teach them all the time, when I give them a little like after class speech, be like, it's like, Hey, you can come in here and have me teach you how to throw a jab every single fucking day. You can keep paying for your membership and you can come in and I could teach you how to throw a jab and I can teach you how to throw a jab next week. And I could teach you how to throw, throw a jab the week after that. Or you can go practice it at home and I'll teach you something else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. And uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I have a lot of clients like that where I can't even tell you how many times I've, I've showed them the same things over and over again. Just like, don't let your knees collapse when you do a squat. I mean, just like very minute details. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess the you know, I I guess that's what you're there for. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, some people are going to
0: want to get more out of it than others. And other people are just going to, they're going to be happy with, uh, the fact that they're just there fucking doing it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, um, and I that like I said, I don't care. You, yeah.
1: you come in and you get you what got. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be
0: there either yeah. way,
1: instructing. So it's yeah. like, yeah.
0: I'm the the only thing that would bother me about is when I'd be teaching a class, and I would have people at different different tiers the whole time. So I would have to adjust the class schedule based on what uh what the what the weakest links. Right? It's like oh you
1: then, yeah you've that is yeah that is frustrating if you're trying to do I mean, it could go both ways, but like if you have, you know, just different skill levels in the class and there may be, you know, you could have a class of like six people, let's say, and there's five of them that are all fairly advanced or mm-hmm. four of them that are fairly advanced and you want to do that stuff. But then there's two there's, people in the class yeah. that aren't on the same level and you have to give them more attention and, you well, know, it can, it can be frustrating.
0: Well, also there's a really important differentiation too, is like, I'm not a fitness instructor. When I'm teaching a class, I'm not having you... Um, work hard and catch up, I'm teaching you technique. And if you're not, if you're not, I mean, you're teaching technique as a fitness class too, but I mean. um,
1: But it's different because you have to actually get on the ground and it's, it's more time consuming. Right.
0: There's, well, there's, there's stages to what you're learning. Like uh, when I, when I'm teaching you like a technique series or something, and if you're, if you don't know how to throw a, if you don't know how to know how to throw a kick, you're not going to be able to throw this combo that I'm putting together for right. the people who like are a- ready to throw this combo. If you don't know how to shoot a takedown, if you don't know how to shoot a double, you're not going to be ready to do this, uh, this uh, one, two, three um, double to, you know, guard right. pass arm bar combo, like sequence that I'm going to work on with you, you know? Um, so I got like one person in the class who's just learning how to throw a jab. And I have five people who are, Trying to get to this next advanced stage, and I have to keep fucking zigzagging between them and be like, all right, I don't want everybody else to hold up because this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing <laughs> right yeah uh, but it's it's similar it's i I would say it's probably really similar in uh like in fitness classes, but like what type of group fitness classes uh would you teach though there'd be like yoga and stuff like that would be uh
1: I, yeah, it's a just lot of technique good, in uh, that. i for me i I do. Basically everything. Mm-hmm. I mean I'll do yoga, Pilates, uh, weightlifting, um, steel mace, steel club, kettlebell, mm-hmm. spin. I mean literally everything. Yeah. Um, so it just depends. Yeah. Some are easier than others. Mm-hmm. Um yoga, there's 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 definitely a technique, um, but it's more like alignment cues. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty easy to instruct in address the whole class as one, you know, right. Like something is okay. Your the crown. You want your crown of your head lined up with um, a straight line mm-hmm. from the crown of your head down to your tailbone. And you want one hand to line up with like, there's, you can use those cues and then you just look at the class and you walk around and if one person's off, you just make a slight adjustment. Right. So it's easier in some ways, but it ultimately just depends on the complexity of what you're teaching. Like if you decide then, okay, now I want to go into teaching a clean and press right you're fuck you're gonna have people all over the place you can right. do a whole hour just teaching people how to do a clean and press sure sure uh, that's, or, yeah, that's you know, a
0: much more like dynamic specific movement too yeah so that's that's gonna be more and,
1: and there's moves that i'll purposefully avoid in group settings if I know, like, if if I if it's a weekend and I want everybody just to get in and get their workout done, mm-hmm. I'll, I will purposely keep it less complex movement. Like, sure. I'll just have them do in a group class goblet squats with the kettlebell, and you know, so, stuff like that. And then yeah. if it, if I know it's going to be a smaller class and I can get to everybody, then I will make it more complex. Yeah. See, so like I when I when I teach classes, I, I really like to be. Um,
0: I, I like to be technical. I like to treat it like, like classroom style. Like I, I don't, I don't give people workouts. I'm like, a, that, that's what I was getting at when I said, I'm not a fitness instructor. I'm not here to like pressure you. I'm not going to make you do like bag work. I'm not going to make you do uh, push ups or like sprints across the room or fucking, uh, uh fucking up downs or anything. I'm going to teach you techniques And I'm going to make you work those techniques so you're good at them.
1: Well, and that's how it should be in martial arts. I think a lot of times, um, instructors, martial arts instructors will, will get it confused where they try to, and I get what they're trying to do. I mean, it's a business model, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make money. And if people are showing up expecting, you know, I'm going to get my cardio kickboxing class in or yeah. whatever it may be. Then and you if you're do doing it. a cardio kickboxing right. class, it's fucking yeah. great. That's what you but should they, do. But they need to understand the difference. <laughs> they need to understand the difference going into it. Yeah. Because I've had that happen before where I could visibly, like if I'm working with somebody one on one, you know, we do take the time to break things down a lot more and get more technical with the instruction. Uh, but I've done group classes before where I do get too technical, and I could just see, like, in a fitness class, you have to keep the energy levels high, mm-hmm. you know, the music—you got to just keep people moving, you know—and yeah. because um, they want to walk out of there feeling like they—you want to get those endorphins up, basically. Right. They want to feel like they did something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like kind of a juggling act and it depends on the client. I mean, well, I mean, there's definitely, there's an amount of exercise, like a, like a much
0: higher than average, I would say amount of exercise you're going to get doing a class of mine, just working those techniques. Like don't get right. me wrong. Like, unless you're a, an already athletic person who has higher demands on their body, like an average person coming in and doing, doing a class that I would teach would get plenty of exercise. Yeah. yeah the mitt work and the pad work and the uh and the grappling techniques and the actual rolling and sparring that we're going to be doing right there's a good amount a good amount of physicality that's going to go into that but my my point is like i'm not going to i'm not going to take it back and take breaks from that fight oriented martial arts technique oriented work and go now we're going to do fucking jump squats for five minutes right oh yeah gonna, i'm I'm gonna a, teach you fight stuff and we're gonna do a, fight stuff
1: <laughs> yeah it's a well i i know for me like if I, if I was to go to a martial arts class and and if they had me doing jump squats and stuff like that i would feel like it's a waste of my time and money yeah this is something that i could do on my own exactly like wanna, that you know that, i want to learn something new while i'm here yeah.
0: That's my that's my exact philosophy on it. It's like you can fucking run hills on your own. You don't fucking need me for that. Yeah, I'm here to teach you stuff that you can't learn without me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Got my headphones. You sure did. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. I agree. But uh, all right. So let's try to get back to these these fights. I know we're getting. I mean, I, I like what we're talking about. We're we're and we had a little, little bit of a specific itinerary here. We wanted to get to. Uh, is the 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 Teixeira versus a uh, Kudalaba fight is off, right?
1: Yeah, the um, yeah. I that, saw, the the guy that Teixeira was fighting got injured, but I think they replaced him with somebody else. Did they?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I saw it to be announced on. on I think I read an Sherdog, article. But...
1: It might have been yesterday, or I think there's somebody who jumped in, but I don't mm-hmm. remember the name of the guy. Um,
0: I don't. I don't like. uh this is a pretty big fight. It's a pretty big event. This is a huge, pretty huge deal overall. Yeah. Um, I don't like that a guy who has no prior UFC experience and he's only had three professional fights is the co-main event.
1: Um, Greg real, quick, Hardy. R- real quick note, Carl Robertson is the guy who stepped in to fight to share Carl Robertson. I don't know him. I don't even know who it is. Um, I think I, I've, I'm, he looks familiar. I've seen this guy fight before. Um, but anyways, um, yeah. yeah so you're, you're talking about uh, Greg Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, Greg I, Hardy. I, I don't know. I don't know a lot about him. I looked him
0: up. I, I got whatever information I could. I know he's uh three and O in amateurs with all, all TKOs. He has uh two TKOs and one KO uh, as a professional. I know he did the uh the Dana White contender series. <clears> yeah, but he has no UFC experience and he's already co-headlining uh a major UFC event. It's fine. I'm sure he's fucking great. He's going to I'm sure he'll do fine. The whole that, reason but...
1: they're doing it is cuz he's a uh he's a former NFL player. Yeah. I saw that yeah, so um it's just to get more eyes and I guess if you're going for that ESPN crowd um maybe that's one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um
0: Alan Crowder, uh, I know his name. I, I looked him up, and I, I didn't, I didn't really recognize him. I know I've heard the name Alan Crowder around. Um, I tried to see some clips of him. There wasn't a lot. Uh, it's got a little bit of a wishy-washy record. Was he a uh, nine and uh, he was like nine and two or something? Nine and three? Not, not a bad record.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen Alan Crowder fight. It's not even ringing a bell for me yeah it was definitely ringing a bell but i don't
0: i i think he was on the contender series as well i think that's probably where i heard that's, him from that's probably
1: why because yeah. i haven't i don't think i've ever actually even sat down and watched an episode of the contender I, series.
0: I i haven't i've only heard it i've only heard it referenced um yeah. on the fights and on like podcasts and stuff so i i only know of it from or i only i only know about it from that But right. it's just uh, the contender series is like it's not like a reality tv show right it's like actually no.
1: fights. No. yeah they basically just show up and they just fight. There's no. It's awesome. No build up or yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's definitely awesome the way that they have it. Uh, you know, one fight I was looking at. I'm looking at this card right now. Gregor uh, Gillespie. Gillespie, yeah, Gillespie versus Yancy and yeah. Um, I like that fight. I like yeah. uh, that's a guy that it's a good match. Not up. a lot of people. Yeah, well, not a lot of people have heard of him. Um, but he's a really really good fighter, mm-hmm. Gregor he's a yeah. uh, he's a fucking really uh good wrestler mm-hmm. actually and he's undefeated he's uh yeah he's like eleven and oh i think tw- right twelve and oh eleven oh yeah yeah he doesn't have any like huge names on his uh resume but no but he's, he's pretty a- he's pretty
0: cleanly tuned up everybody he's fought like he he's, yeah yeah he i don't i i haven't even really seen him struggle a lot with anybody
1: no uh, he's apparently he's like Apparently, fighting is like a side thing for him. Really? He's like really gnarly, good fisherman.
0: And apparently, that's what you're going to say. Eat. Like, he's like a brain surgeon. No, <laughs> no, no. That's what he does. Like, six PhDs. He, and, no, uh, I,
1: I think he gets paid to fish. He, uh, Oh, he's like a professional fisherman? He's a professional fisherman. Uh he's like, not like, like bass bass pros or whatever. No, he's like a... I I saw some pictures. He's already on ESPN. He he's, has a fishing show. I think he does more like uh he's not like deep sea fishing or nothing uh-huh. like that. I think he does more like like the pictures that I saw it looked like he was like on a lake and in, in a smaller okay. boat. And, yeah, so he is like like one of those bass masters guys. Right? <laughs> he's like the remember the fishmasters that used to come on. Really, Fish late masters. At night. there you go. Yeah. Oh the, uh, the, the masters. Uh,
0: yeah, I've uh, it was really was horrible. Its own show? I thought it was, it a, was its own show. I, I thought it, was it would like come a, on.
1: I thought it was a skit on something. It started out as a skit, I believe, yeah, but it was I mean, its own show. It would it was it was come, show. come on after Saturday Night Live and it was a local. I think those yeah. guys were from like San Luis. Really? Yeah. It was uh, a local. I thought, I thought it I thought I I
0: vaguely remember what you're talking about. I think I I thought it was like a skit on like uh like Adult Swim or something.
1: No, Fishmasters was like it predates Adult Swim. Really? Yeah, Fishmasters was on when I was a little kid. Dude, it's I mean, all a blur. Like, when I was like seven or eight years old, Fishmasters.
0: Masters. Was adult on. Swim's pretty old, dude. I don't know if you're. You may not be yep. giving credit to how
1: old, how far back Adult Swim goes. I'm trying to think of wh- how long has Adult Swim been around for.
0: I don't know exactly, but it's fucking ancient. <laughs> if
1: I had to guess, I would say like 98 could be
0: right but we were kids in 98 yeah i I was i was nine
1: bro nine 98 no 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 adult swim was launched september 2nd 2001 damn that's really close though it was pretty close (laughs) yeah yeah because i still kind of remember when it first came out because it came out after toonami Toonami? Uh, yes, Tsunami was first. Tsunami,
0: and then yeah. Adult Swim was like. Uh, but Tsunami, yeah, Tsunami is definitely ancient. Tsunami was super cool. But if we go, if we go down that rabbit hole, dude, we're gonna be talking about fucking anime. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right no, don't want to go into that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got uh, Benavidez versus Dustin Ortiz. Now it's weird how in some of his pictures, Dustin Ortiz looks like a mini Cody Garberant. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I but guess he does. He, but yeah. like when you actually see him on the videos and everything, he doesn't look anything like him. But like, no, his, he doesn't. UFC picture, he looks just like a little
1: fucking Cody Garverant. <laughs> he kind of looks like a little Munchkin, like a little little Hobbit. Yeah, something. kind of. So I, I was looking up. I don't. I don't. I never really
0: saw um, Dustin Ortiz's fights, but um, You're right,
1: he does kind of. I'm just pulled up a few photos yeah. of him, and in these photos, he does look like him. But he he looks like he could. He looks like he might have some slight dwarfism.
0: He may. He may have a little dwarfism to he's him. He's got a head on. But he's, him. but he's like tall and skinny though.
1: Yeah. Like when, I, well, when I when just in these photos because when I've seen him fight, yeah, he does. He does look like a little more lanky than this. So when I was looking up, um, when I was looking up
0: Dustin Ortiz's fights, uh, the the first one that I brought up was uh Brandon Moreno. Do you remember Brandon Moreno? Yeah. Yeah, like I yeah. forgot about him, Assassin Baby. Mm-hmm. Like he's a, he was actually pretty good. Like I he, I I I I forgot about that dude till I watched that. He like um he, his style he reminded me of like a more athletic Luke Kumo.
1: Yeah, there's a I feel like there's a lot of guys from uh that that era um mm-hmm. who like guys that like uh there's a lot of guys for me like that that fought for uh, like WEC mm-hmm. and stuff that just kind of they, they just kind of really-
0: evaporated. They never really like made Yeah made a mark but like yeah
1: and i'm like i remember watching them a lot but um they just kind of disappeared
0: yeah but yeah i just remember that dude he had like a he had a good like killer instinct a good like a good fucking fight style
1: uh brandon moreno god that's crazy he's still really young he's only 25
0: well he looked like a baby that's why his nickname was assassin baby
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it just feels Um, like i don't know it feels like he's been around longer That to me, but I guess well he
0: he was a later generation than uh than like what I just compared him to, like the Luke Kumo generation. He hasn't been around that long.
1: No, yeah, his first yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true.
0: But I just haven't seen him around in a while. So um, but yeah, Dustin Ortiz, I don't really see a lot of reasons why he should beat Benavidez. I don't really think that um
1: the only the only reason. I could see him beating him is simply the fact uh, that sometimes fighters will, fighters like Benavidez who have made it to the title shot a few times and they're top-notch fighters, they'll kind of hit this stage in their career where they probably in the back of their head know the chances of them working themselves back up to that position are a little slim. Mm -hmm. So they'll start dropping fights that they shouldn't have dropped because of that. I'm not saying sure. he I don't think I don't think probably, that prob- position, yeah. probably not position. Probably not the the only I was actually I was looking up
0: because I was thinking that about Benavidez as well. But mm-hmm. I was looking up his uh his his recent losses and everything. He's only aside from uh Dominic Cruz and uh aside from Cruz and um and uh DJ. Mighty Mouse DJ, he's he only lost to Sergio Pettis, which is like I I would expect him to beat sergio pettis but,
1: yeah that's kind of a surprising one yeah. i remember that was but like that's,
0: a razor close fight i believe yeah too. but it's also like he's been beating everybody else he hasn't he hasn't been yeah. really on like a losing streak or anything i actually uh, saw
1: when he when he dropped his uh second fight against demetrius johnson i was there for that one that was the right one up. where demetrius johnson knocked him out yeah dude it was took place in sacramento so, people in this audience, you had an audience filled of like huge Team Alpha Male fans, mm-hmm. and they were all fucking rooting for <laughs> Benavides. They were team Alpha so Mal. sad when this, when he got, cause he got knocked out cold. And Demetrius mm-hmm. Johnson at that point never knocked anybody out. And then he comes yeah. out and flatlines Benavides. And like the look of the people in this audience, cause they were going nuts. And then they all just looked shocked. Yeah. They were like, eyes were like this. And from that point moving forward, before that, I was never a huge Demetrius Johnson fan. After that, I was like, I like this guy. He came yeah. to Sacramento and just and fucking just, knocked their dude out. And he started. just
0: made everybody smell shit, and then he left. He just parted in the room yeah, and walked well, out.
1: we <laughs> were extra stoked because prior to that, you had Uriah Faber versus Michael McDonald, not mm. the singer Michael McDonald. And uh or the kickboxer Michael or McDonald's. the kickboxer. Yeah, we don't want to get back into this again. Or six or seven of the other <laughs> Michael uh, McDonald. Uh, but before that, Uriah Faber had like a gnarly fight with Michael McDonald where he ended up finishing him. Mm-hmm. So DJ. And so everybody's just losing it super They're losing it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm drunk. I barely remember it. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> That's those those good old days. Yeah. So uh Let's talk about um, let's talk about Paige Van Zant versus uh Rachel Ostovich.
1: I've uh, never heard of these ladies. Who are they? I know
0: I know Paige Van Zant. Never heard of Rachel Ostovich before, but apparently uh
1: she's like a supermodel or something. Okay, I looked so up her, I looked Let's up just get this out of the way. Yeah, we, are, we we know everybody knows. <laughs> Why they put this fight together. And it's not the first time they've done it. They yeah. have a tendency to but do this. It's definitely the best time they've done it. This is it's, a really this well is, well put I would together. tend to agree that this is most certainly the best looking female fight in the history of the UFC. These are and, two of
0: the these are two of by far the hottest female and, fighters. Well, and
1: have. they're they're here's the thing though. Brazzers couldn't have done this better. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're Perfectly contrasted. You have Rachel Ostovich, who's I don't even know what she is. I'm assuming she's I don't know. Like Latina, or, or she, looks, she looks.
0: Yeah, she looks like she could be possibly like Asian, like Filipino, or something. Yeah, she's got a
1: very exotic look. Yeah, um, uh, just like kind of has that exotic bombshell look. Versus, yeah. she, she also Paige
0: has like like double D's and <laughs>
1: like, nat- natural, unlike yeah. Paige Van Zant, who recently got a boob job and. Um, Good for you know, her. Skinny little white girls. Sometimes they need yeah. a little help. And Paige Van Zandt looks like the homegrown girl yeah. from the South, or yeah. she she could be like a beach girl too. Blonde yeah. hair She's but, she's got that blonde haired, blue eyed. Is she
0: blue? I don't know. From Oregon.
1: She's from
0: Oregon. You know, pretty pretty little white girl. Um, both yeah. these girls are total smoke shows. They're super fucking bomb. Yeah. This is and, a this
1: is a very. Uh, perfect. Like I said, perfectly contrasted. The balance of opposite. Yeah, I, and,
0: I, I can't tell you a lot about their uh, their fighting styles. I looked up their highlights. I wanted to uh, get to know them better. Most of their highlights were them at weigh-ins and in like yoga <laughs> mats doing squats. Uh, I, sh- I shit you not. These were their fight highlights. It's all that I was seeing the whole time. Well, it was just like fucking Rachel uh, pa- Man- Ostovich bouncing on a yoga ball the whole fucking
1: time. Paige Van Zandt is definitely far more accomplished of the two, I would say. <laughs> she's fought in way bigger opponents. Um and Paige Van Zant has that really gnarly when I think she, it was Beck Rollins that she knocked out. She did mm-hmm. like the uh not the crane kick, but she did that like jumping switch kick and knock yeah.
0: out. Yeah. Um, Van Zant
1: is way more impressive of a fighter.
0: Uh Ooh. Van Zant Van Zandt has more of that like uh light on her feet, um flashy style. Like she looks faster from what I've seen. Um And she's tough too. Van Zant
1: will grind. I mean, she like she's got she she's fought some girls that were just she's gotten outclassed Hmm. against girls that were a lot better than her and more experienced. But she's tough as fuck and she'll grind. Well, she's
0: um, when I say flashy, I just mean like she has a little bit more. um, She looks like she has a little bit more like fluid movements. Um, Yeah, she's more. She she she, she has a
1: more athletic fighting style. Yeah,
0: Um, Ostovich. She looks pretty stable like i i got very few clips of her but she looks like she has that real like forward moving in line strong base style she doesn't look like a bad fighter i I don't know what to expect from her though i could find i honestly could find very little actual action
1: there wasn't uh when i looked up rachel (coughs) from what i remember there just wasn't anything in particular style-wise mm-hmm. that really like stood out. Right, right. She was just her?
0: looked she, but I mean, she didn't look bad. I didn't see anything wrong with what she was doing. She just seemed like uh, she had a pretty, uh, pretty strong base style. Um, her, her
1: record is a little suspect. She's four and four. Yeah, but
0: in the women's division, that's pretty common for the high level ones. There's We're a lot like of there's a lot of uh, a lot of them that are.
1: Here's something interesting. Well, here's something interesting you could note about Rachel Ostovich's record is that her four losses were against girls um were against girls that you can find on Wikipedia. Her four wins were against girls that you cannot find on Wikipedia, which would indicate that the women that she has beaten were not as right or accomplished.
0: You know that actually brings me back to uh, Greg Hardy. We were talking about earlier that that was something I noticed when I looked him up too. I looked up all the guys he fought; they were all like absolutely, absolutely nobody.
1: If yeah, well, they, if all, if they, all those if they, all
0: those knockouts he got were just they were basically against, against punching bags. Here, against
1: here, is, <laughs> here is the roadmap. If I was if I was going to put together a perfect roadmap for success for Greg Hardy, because he will most certainly fail when he reaches the top, because while he is a great athlete, he doesn't have a combat background and he's not going to be able to catch up with some of the Olympic and college wrestlers that are coming from that background. But realistically,
0: not necessarily, realistically, not
1: necessarily. This isn't set in stone, just my, right. Um, But if I was going to set a perfect roadmap for Greg Hardy, Keep feeding him cans. It's like the scene in uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin where he's like, "You he got to run through these hood rats. he got to run through 10, 20 hood rats. Then you have sex with the girl you love. Mm-hmm. This is what you got to do with Greg Hardy. Just run him through hood rats. Yeah, just run give him through hood rats. Get him to like 10 and 0 based, just using cans. Then once he's 10 and 0 and he's got his confidence up, then give him a veteran fighter who's chinny. And regardless... They, I mean, by the time he gets to that point, it's gonna. If
0: he's ten and zero from knocking out fucking hood rats, he's uh he's gonna be selling big pay per views. Even he's gonna exactly. be selling a lot of money. He's gonna exactly. he's gonna make a lot of money in it. So, if, if, so if, yeah. If if they put him against somebody who might put him out, like they exactly. just go like all right, we're gonna give, give you Inguno now. <laughs> give
1: him these hood rats. He runs through ten of them. Give him two veterans. Give them two solid victories over some chinny veterans who are on their way out and who could get their lights put out real quick. Mm-hmm. Then you get the one big fight out of them. Probably Matt, you, sh-
0: you should be running the UFC <laughs> with your with your plans. He'll
1: probably lose, but at least you got that big moment from them. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I mean you could at least make a big payday off them. There's a lot of potential here. I see. I see what you're. I see what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. There. I'm thinking the long game. Yeah and long game. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and it really depends on what he wants to do, what his plan is. Um, He might be dumber. He might be dumber than you are. He He might have more faith in himself and be like, I want to get to the top right now. So I want to fight the best.
1: If this is Dana White talking. I want DC. Have you ever (laughs) seen that clip online where Dana White goes, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) <laughs> that's what dana white's saying he doesn't care what greg hardy wants he's gonna do greg hardy is gonna do what dana white tells him to do yeah and dana
0: white's gonna do whatever makes him more money
1: more money exactly yeah. so he's he needs to
0: milk this for all mm-hmm. that it's worth do you remember that uh I, this just popped in my head the other day do you remember that period of time when dana white was like getting in really good shape and he was getting super fit because he was gonna box t Ortiz?
1: yeah what a stupid thing that was huh how fucking
0: funny was that it was it was like that was going on for a while like i remember lost a lot of weight he got in shape it was super weird
1: who do you think would have won uh i kind of think dana would have (laughs) won i i've always been of the opinion that i feel that way too because yeah Dana Dana, at least from what i heard he had a boxing background he yeah he at least was
0: he was like a he was like a fucking tough street kid who got a degree and
1: he actually knew how to box.
0: Actually, box and Tito. Whereas Tito would have definitely beat him in an MMA fight,
1: he was an atrocious
0: boxer, just a god awful boxer. Yeah, if you if you want to see his real boxing skills on display, watch his his just glorious knockout of uh of Ryan Bader. It's (laughs)
1: that's 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 a perfect punch. (laughs) Do not do not. Um, That was a weird one, huh? Yeah, right? It was, that the, was the weirdest, weirdest punch thing. I've ever seen. Ryan Bader, he probably goes to bed every night going, Fuck, of all the fucking <laughs> fights I could have lost. Why that one? <laughs> why was that? And he's wrong? doing really well now. I know, right? that's stuck, the funny thing about he's it. Stuck having that shit stain on his record. Yeah, for the, the worst rest of his thing life. knocked out by Tito Ortiz it was like, And how? How? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that punch. It was, it, was, it was like this weird, like. <laughs> Uh, you know what's funny is chael sonan was talking about it one time and he was basically saying that like there's nothing more embarrassing (laughs) than having a loss to tito ortiz on your record he was like and i can't remember what his reasoning was but he made a really good point he was was like tito is one of like this act. this segues just about perfectly into our topic for today Uh, let's let's do it it. good fighters (laughs) with bad technique that's what it was right (laughs) yeah there you go tito ortiz there's number one right there Uh, awful boxer good technique wrestling decent technique wrestling i wouldn't say good he was he was you know what tito ortiz um Was the
0: first person to really take advantage in MMA of the weight cutting system. He was so much bigger than everybody he fought. He was like the strongest guy in his weight class forever.
1: He was never that good of a wrestler. He was a community college wrestler. Yeah. For those of you, yeah. And for those of you that don't understand, Tito Ortiz, a lot of his early wins were just, they were kind of by circumstance. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily because he was the more skilled guy. He was just a bigger dude who, like Keith said, really took advantage of the weight cutting system, and he would just kind of—he was almost like a comparable to like a so Chris Cyborg of his division or something.
0: In in the time in the time when uh, when Tito Ortiz took over, we were still in that early like martial artist style phase of UFC. It was still like the guys who were fighting—they weren't honed mma fighters they were martial artists they were guys who were like these these were guys who were competing in uh karate tournaments like like full contact karate tournaments these are guys who were doing kickboxing american kickboxing they were wearing those fucking satin pants and fucking foam dipped rubber gloves and knocking each other out and um it was cool it was like it was like a tough man's world back then it was it was really
1: exciting like you had some it was but, weird because here's the, th- the funny thing about that time is that the fighters were far less skilled, but you had some rugged dudes. Yeah, exactly.
0: Inside. It was like, it was, it was the roadhouse era for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a real life roadhouse. It was, because yeah. they were like those martial arts dudes, but they had the mullets and they were just tough. Only, only in real life, Patrick Swayze
1: wasn't winning. He was getting yeah. his face yeah. broken for certain. <laughs> there was no Patrick Swayze. Ever. No. Closest was, thing you're gonna find to that was like a guy Mesger, maybe.
0: Right. And I was gonna say, like, what I'm what I'm specifically thinking of is Guy Mesger in there <laughs> fighting Tito Ortiz and Tito's uh first um Tito's first like MMA. Was it his first MMA fight? Or was it his first I don't, I don't even know. I, I'll I have to
1: look that up.
0: I yeah, I, I, I no. know it was like his it was like his intro. Uh because he was a uh he was an alternate. Somebody was somebody else was supposed to fight Mezger and then um or somebody else was supposed to fight in that tournament and Tito went in. And he just wrestled him down the whole time, didn't know what the fuck he was doing, and then Mesger uh caught him in a guillotine and tapped him out.
1: That was and, Tito's second fight.
0: I think was it the same night though? I think uh yeah, UFC 13. Yeah. It was the same night, and it was uh but Tito was just fucking big, man. Um so my <laughs> I'm gonna say my number one, uh I mean you might have a you might you might have the the champion of uh bad fighters who were good but my number one has got to be uh chris lieben Mm. just yeah just virtually no technique whatsoever but that guy could win fights he was knocking people out having great fights even with really good
1: fighters (laughs) there well i think i'm of the opinion that with chris lieben there must most certainly be a biological reason for that, and I do think it has to do with the fact that the guy's got the head <laughs> of a giant. I, well, when on, I, on, I on a on and he's like the same height as me. He's dude. like five ten. Yeah, I, he's I got met, a fucking head on him. I met him. He was super cool, really funny guy.
0: Really, just yeah. like actually fairly articulate to talk to in person. More mm-hmm. than you would expect. Super cool guy. Uh, his head is like I don't know how he fucking stays upright. Like that shit looks like it should be fucking tilting over. He's got a bobblehead. He, lo- he looks like a microphone for sure. He like does. he looks yeah. like he looks like this thing right here. Yeah, that's the shape of him. He's a thick, solid-bodied guy, and then it just gets bigger. Like
1: yeah, um, yeah. That, that's a good. That's a really solid choice. I think you're absolutely right on that. Right on the money. Um, Tito, um, or not Tito? Uh, Chris Lieben. Yeah, he did end up, and that's the that's the most fascinating thing about Chris Lieben is he did end up beating some really good dudes that he probably should have never beat just based on his toughness.
0: Yeah, his his fight with uh, Sexyama.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the most classic fight. example, and that's great a great fight. fight,
0: really, really good fight. Mm-hmm. And um, he did. Was that the one he took like two weeks after he just fought, or something? Or that? Yes, or did he, he, he had fight? a little.
1: I believe so. I think when he fought uh I think when he fought uh Sexy Yama, that was on the same card as Brock Lesnar versus Shane Carwin. Mm-hmm. Um
0: he fought like right before or he fought right after that. It was like there was like an immediate turnaround uh, involved with that fight. He and most that-
1: definitely took that fight on short notice. It yeah. was, um uh Yoshihiro Akiyama. I think that was right after he fought Aaron Simpson. Okay. Yeah. So he fought Aaron Simpson on June 19th, 2010. I fucking forgot about Aaron Simpson. Me too. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty say. decent a fighter. Name. Yeah, That's a name I haven't heard in a while. And then he fought Akiyama about uh, uh, three weeks later on mm. June 3rd, 2010. Maybe two. Right? Yeah. And he won that triangle choke. And then he had that fucking crazy fight with Brian Stan at UFC 125 <laughs> in 2011. Where yeah, man. Yeah, that was That's, great. And he got, he got savagely TKO'd and Need in that fight. Right. I fucking forgot about that one. And then so that, this is the most impressive thing, which is a guys, classic example. I, I, right I, if, you, if you're not
0: getting this from listening to this right now, um, you guys really should, if you're not that familiar with it, get into the career of Chris Liebman because that guy yeah. has had a
1: fucking roller coaster ride. <laughs> but then get this. After that Brian Stan loss, he comes back, fights Wanderlei Silva at UFC 132. I fucking and forgot about that Cold. Yeah. First round, 27 seconds in. And that was actually the same card where Tito Ortiz knocked out Ryan Bader. <laughs> Believe it or not. God, poor I think Ryan Bader. The, the main event of that card was uh, Uriah Faber versus Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Um, fuck. Oh, man. Something else. That's a fun card right there. Yeah. I remember that fight. That was a fun fight. It'd be a good one to go back and watch for sure. Um so yeah, Chris um, Lieben, obviously super interesting career, super interesting just in general. Um
0: yeah. Uh another another good one um I was thinking of uh, Scott Smith. Good good exciting fights. He's got some boxing to him, but I feel like he's more um just like a hard hitter than he is a good fighter. Like, I don't think he's technically he, sound as he is just fucking like
1: he, um, he, pop well, he just, Scott Smith felt very, uh, see, I
0: wouldn't put him in the same category. Uh, like, that's why Chris Lieben was my number one. He yeah. wasn't like, he wasn't like a good fighter in the sense that like he was super, super memorable, but he definitely had some, uh, some exciting fights. Remember his fight with Pete Sell?
1: Yes, he. Yeah, his fight with Pete Sell. Um, that, of course, that that fucking gnarly uh, come from behind win yeah. against uh, who that. Was that. What? When, when the one where uh, Scott Smith had uh, it looked like he he took a body shot. I think that was Pete Sell? Sell. That was Pete. That was the Pete yeah. Sell fight. Okay.
0: Pete Sell caught him. Pete Sell had really crisp boxing. Scott Smith had this wide, loopy kind of right. uh, long shot boxing. Uh, Pete Sell had a a lot tighter of a frame and uh, shorter arms. And he was, they were just working each other in their respective elements. It was actually a really good fight. Um, And Pete Sell caught uh, Smith with a really sharp, um, or he, he, I I believe he had been over the course of the fight, been landing this liver shot on him. And he just hit him with one that crumpled him. He started to turn over and Sell came in to finish him off. Smith just fucking turned it on and just hit him with a fucking missile across the chin and knocked him out on the spot. And then they both fell on the ground and Scott Smith was just like grabbing his liver, like, holy shit. And Pete Sell so was just like in fucking the astral plane trying to grab his consciousness. And
1: that was one of the craziest come from behind winds mm-hmm. like ever till this day. That that was pretty shocking.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of people thought he faked it. Like that—that that was a big thing. Is that like people were they, like, well, "That oh, was awesome." They, like,
1: yeah, that was before they knew that typically liver shots will yield a uh, delayed response. A, a delayed, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, he was—he was—he was, he, he was hurting delayed, when it delayed.
1: Delayed onset liver soreness. <laughs> delayed
0: onset liver pain.
1: <laughs> you know, um, you so so far you've said Tito Ortiz awesome choice.
0: Well, that was yours.
1: Well, that was... Oh, Tito Ortiz is mine? Okay. Yeah. All right. Tito Ortiz is yeah. like the quintessential Ortiz, bad bad okay. fighter, good fighter. Then, then you went Chris Lieben, obviously mm-hmm. a solid choice. Then mm-hmm. you went Scott Smith. I'm going to counter my own. I was going to say yeah. I'm going to counter your Tito Ortiz, uh, but I didn't realize I chose him. I'm going to counter my own Tito Ortiz with arguably the king of bad, good fighters. This, in my opinion, is the undisputed... This is the number one. T- not Paul team. No. No. <laughs> Ken Shamrock. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> you can't you can't, can't trump Ken Shamrock. There's Ken no Shamrock- better example of now. I'm not saying no, I'm not saying that Ken Shamrock is a good fighter by any means. The, don't get this twisted. I am saying, however, if you were to look over Ken Shamrock's record, you might be surprised to find. But there's some pretty big wins on that. You beat better. Boss Rutin like two,
0: three times, or something like that. I know that was actually ones.
1: that was the that was the example I was gonna use to win you over. I'm so glad and I could I first. could just cut you <laughs> off with that. Like <laughs> I'm really uh, glad
0: I got to stuff you with that one. But um yeah, Ken <laughs> Shamrock, uh, the thing is I the what I was gonna counter that with, Ken Shamrock was one of the like earliest actual technicians as far as mma goes like ground ground fighting and everything awful striking just just unbearable striking he's, he's got a lot of knee bars and heel hooks yeah. on his but he he like he, yeah. yeah he was one of the original like ground fighters or guys who like even before there was ufc when they were doing martial arts competitions ken shamrock was in the mix doing that
1: so stuff is it fair to say that maybe i i'm willing it's to more acknowledge- like he's a bad fighter with good technique but it's it's closer okay. to that like <laughs> well, I'm willing to acknowledge that maybe I might be judging Shamrock unfairly because you could really if you're looking at Ken Shamrock's record it's it's the tale of two fight records you could split it up into kind of 1990s and then post 90s mm-hmm. and it gets pretty spotty after the 90s where it's just loss after loss after right
0: loss. right when he and and during so- that time he was already older the, the sport had evolved so far beyond where where he was at
1: like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one step further and I'm gonna say one of the biggest career MMA wise one of the biggest career mistakes he made I think when he went to WWE he may have lost focus sure probably he was original Brock Lesnar mm-hmm
0: I could, I, yeah, I could, I could see that. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know a lot about his, his WWE career. I knew that he was in it. Uh, he, he was, was incredible, he was
1: on... best pro wrestler you've ever seen. But <laughs> Shawn Michaels to shame. Not amazing. True. He was an yeah. awful pro wrestler. Awful pro he wrestler. <laughs> um, he had a funny um, character. They had this this storyline that they did one time where he had a sister named Ryan Shamrock, and uh, the Rock was, I think it was the Rock, was having sex with her. And um, that's all I got. That's all I remember of just, that storyline. Just, just the <laughs> Rock, Rock and Ryan Shamrock. The Rock was laying the smack at the down.
0: Uh huh. Shamrock, I believe. Right, right. Yeah, so like, I see. Like I don't know, I don't know anything about that. But um, <clears> how <throat> about this for a for a good um, a good bad fighter? It's hard to say about this one though. Because he's not really like a bad fighter. He doesn't really have bad technique, but there's a there's he's just got really big holes in his game. How about James Irvin?
1: Um I don't know if I would throw James Irving into that category as much as not a good to me. James Irvin just isn't notable enough. I think notable is all he is,
0: though. Like he wasn't he wasn't consistent. But all of his wins were like super fucking exciting. Everything that he had was really fucking dope. It was really notable. That, fly, um, that flying knee against um, fucking uh, Terry Martin. He yeah yeah he did uh, that's like really all he's got. And he knocked out Houston Alexander. Oh that the Houston. Fucking Alexander.
1: Okay yeah beautiful
0: you're right. Superman punch. Probably I like the about most. That. The most picture perfect Superman punch I've ever those, seen. Those
1: those two wins right there are what got him the uh, the Anderson Silva fight, where he right. was thoroughly embarrassed in front of. The <laughs> he world. absolutely had no business being there. With <laughs> <Anderson Silva. laughs> See, I remember that. Well, that, you know what I remember James uh, James Irving for was huh. the worst weight cut in the history of MMA, where he looked like he. Was dying. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, horrific. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. That was bad. Was that the fight when he fought, um, when he fought Anderson Silva? I don't know. I want to say it was because that was 185. He got all sucked
0: up for it. Absolutely sick and sucked up. It was just, just tragic looking. That, yeah, that was really, really fucking awful. That's a guy, uh, that's a powerful guy. Uh, That guy fucking hits. Um, but that brings me back to another fighter that, um, not not a i wouldn't describe him as a, like a bad technique fighter but another another fighter i really like that never really went far he fought alessio sakara and he got punched in the eye and he thought that he got poked in the eye
1: yes so, yeah i remember that yeah that was a that, weird that was uh um, <laughs> i don't know what you would call that but, is that him trying to work the system a little bit
0: no he he thought oh, he, no, no, the no, no, corner like, of the glove hit him in the eye and he thought he got
1: poked it, like that can feel like an eye poke the uh but um, I figured out what it was. Hmm. The fight, the very fight you're talking about, that was the horrible win. That was the horrible weight. Okay, so maybe he didn't have his wits about him. Yeah, maybe. But no, that's
0: a that's another fighter I like a lot, Alessio Sakara. That guy had had some really great knockouts too. He, did,
1: he just fought not that long ago too. He? he Tried to make a little comeback, but I don't. I think he fought for Bellator, but I don't think he yeah. did very well.
0: I don't know. I didn't even know he was alive. If I'm being completely
1: honest. My next choice is going to be the most controversial choice. Okay. Bar none. I, however, despite how – this is one of my favorite fighters too. One of my favorites. But I'm still going to pick him. I'm going to go – it's going to sound crazy. I'm going to go Carlos Condit. What? Carlos Condit. Come on. No, 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 no. How? Just hear me out. If you look at Carlos, this is something, even though I love Carlos Condit, this is something that has nagged me about Carlos Condit. And it might be kind of nitpicky, but I think it's, it's nitpicky. I'm giving no, you no, no, that no. right now. I think it's a big deal that has held him back. And I think it's something that if he would have addressed when he was younger, I think it's held him back. And it's caused him issues. If you look at the way he fights, Carlos Condit is one of the most flat-footed fighters I've ever seen. In my life. Yes. And he constantly pushes off of his back foot and he doesn't, when he throws kicks, when he throws punches, he doesn't roll off the balls of his feet at all. Mm -hmm. And he had that big knee injury, that ACL tear when he fought Tyrone Woodley that sent him back, set him back a few years. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy to me that he doesn't have somebody in his ear that's watching that and hasn't tried to correct it by now because he still does it till this day. Yeah, but that that's one thing. That doesn't mean that he's like a bad he's a like a
0: technically bad fighter. He's very good technically, but he like, has one major drawback. And I that's I, what I, I was going to say.
1: That one thing, it to me is absolutely major.
0: It is major. It, that is a problem. I'm not disagreeing with you. I am disagreeing with you that he fits on this list. That is a massively <laughs> controversial. You're trying to tell <laughs>
1: me that Carlos Condit doesn't belong in the same company as ken shamrock and James no you're wrong sir you're wrong sir um but that, you that know what? does remind you know I me mean, as much as it pains me to do it let's pull up carlos condit's record because you know what he hasn't been Fuck doing it. so well lately and not uh, fought in like fucking four years man no
0: no 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 no. Know, he no, fought no, like two years ago or something but no, like no
1: no 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 Aside from Chiesa, yeah. We know what happened there. We already talked no, about it. No, no, no. You're what absolutely you, what you, wrong. What Carlos Condit. Wait a minute. His last four fights. His last... Don't five? you... Wait. His last five fights were losses. Michael Chiesa, Alex Oliveria, Neil Magny, Damien Maya, Robbie oh, Law. Those are horrible people. And... See, aside from Robbie Lawler and, and Damien Maya, <laughs> 2018, 2018, 2017, 16, 16, and 15. So those are all recent. And dare I say, if he'd have fixed those flat 2019, feet... 2019, bro. Get... Get, get, get up somebody, the time, okay? <laughs> all I'm saying is, Carlos Condit, somebody needs to buy him some Dr. Scholls. Yeah. Somebody, he needs somebody.
0: to... He needs to fix those feet. Guy needs to do a little jump rope, get on those toes a little bit. You
1: know what's um, funny is in the process of thinking about this, I didn't. Uh, if you couldn't tell, I didn't think this this one out at all. It's just no. something about Carlos Condit that's always bugged me. But uh,
0: I <laughs> do remember. List. I still maintain that great <laughs> technique in almost every area.
1: Just hey, is one. Not, it's not like you're a fighter and you would know. Um, yeah. <laughs> he. I'm <laughs> pretty sure I remember him going on Joe Rogan's podcast like three years ago, and he was doing all those. uh He was doing those workouts with that. Uh, it wasn't Ito Portal, but it was the other dude who was doing all these like nature workouts where they're balancing on wood, and like he was doing all these <laughs> feet work. So I think he did try to address it. He just picked the wrong dude. I think. Yeah. But yeah, that was <laughs> that was my big
0: reveal. Uh. God, damn, I don't know where we're gonna go from there. uh
1: <laughs> I think our list is pretty solid so far,
0: but yeah, no, i um that reminds me of another another person with good technique that just did not have a fucking sterling career uh because he fought him, uh Dan Hardy. Yeah, that's a guy who has just crisp, beautiful like art technique very fluid just could, yeah, could not fucking put those wins together. I Huge think fucking was tough, Dan Hardy fan.
1: Here's why it uh, was tough for Dan Hardy. Because he did, I remember, Dan Hardy's really interesting guy, too, because he became a monk.
0: Yeah. He was a yeah, Shaolin he monk. Time, he spent time as a Shaolin monk doing Kung Fu and the fucking like That's because, uh, I remember they, they were showing that um, because uh, when he fought GSB, he was like, he's not a martial artist. He's like, I'm not a martial artist. <laughs> I was a monk. monk. I was, he was like a real life <laughs> Batman or Daredevil. Yeah, or, yeah, he straight up did that. It's so Fucking
1: um, great. yeah, he, he, uh, definitely, um, Chris, super Chris, very light on his feet, like just moved nicely.
0: Uh, when th- you watch him, when you watch him like hit bags or hit pads, it's like, it's absolutely beautiful. It's like, uh, his, the way his body synchronizes from his feet yeah. to his hands, uh, the way his head moves, everything's very, well, and that's
1: why, that's probably why he's such a good analyst. Now. Yeah. He's, he's probably him and. uh Maybe Robin Black, or I don't know who else, uh, but the, the, he's one of the best analysts in the game. When he Absolutely. breaks down, I love yeah. watching his uh pre UFC breakdowns where yeah. he kind of how he thinks the fight will go.
0: Yeah, I love, um, I love his commentary and his, his breakdowns. He's
1: definitely you know one of the what? best
0: analysts in the game.
1: Dan Hardy may have been too much of a martial artist because he did have a big hole in his wrestling, I think that's what held him back more than anything, sure. Um, that and
0: uh, that, and you know, twin left hooks with uh, Carlos Condit.
1: Carlos Condit. Kind of That's one of that. the best like, knockouts ever. It's amazing Carlos Condit was able to do that despite his flat feet. That was, you know what?
0: He <laughs> <laughs> gave me a little shot. On it shocks that. me. I had, had a delayed reaction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: oh! <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, yeah yeah I this is exactly what popped in my head when you were saying that I was like well, here we have Dan Hardy with perfect technique
1: <laughs> well so hey he just it, knocking him you. out yeah um, just goes to show you
0: um, perfect technique isn't everything guys Perfect nope. technique isn't everything sometimes you got to wow. be Chris Lieben Chris never lose Lieben because he's never lost
1: What's amazing too is that Dan Hardy, uh, I for some reason I had always assumed that he was uh, when he retired, he's still retired, but he had that thing with his heart where they didn't want to let him fight. But apparently he said it wasn't a problem. It's called like Wolf Wolf something syndrome. He has like I an irregular it. It heartbeat. Intense. And Jan Hardy was known for having like crazy good cardio too, mm-hmm. which is odd that they wouldn't let him fight. Um, yeah. Heart problems, Wolf heart syndrome, yeah. But is, he's coming is, off is of, he the of a wolf. 2012, which is like ancient history now. And his last two fights were both wins over Amir Sadala and Dwayne Ludwig.
0: Those are good wins. Yeah. 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 Uh, Amir Sadala. Shit.
1: It's going back. I know, right? Yeah. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> same. And he has a good fought. fighter. Not not he a was, bad. He was very yeah. good, yeah. Yeah. His last fight was against Akiyama in 2014. He hasn't fought since then. Yeah. Well, he um amazing heard, thing about, about it He
0: had a lot of injuries and shit too, like He did. He had like I think he had like a painkiller problem. Uh, did he? I think you might be so. getting him confused. I might him. be, but I'm 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 no, I think I think that he had, like a thing but might be thinking of like some like inside track information well, word around, word around the campfire type things. He, he was
1: on that uh he was on that very uh entertaining season of The Ultimate Fighter mm-hmm. with uh Matt Brown and CB Dalloway, yeah, like Dalloway and Gerald Harris mm-hmm. and there's all well, kinds he, of He he entered into that with no professional fights. That's was, uh, that's what I exactly what I was, was going to say. That's and the crazy up, yeah. thing about Amir Sadala is he's never had a fight outside of the UFC. Yeah.
0: And he went straight into the UFC, and um, he-, he did
1: fairly well. He had some he beat, uh, beat C.B. Dalloway, Phil Baroni, Brad Blackburn, mm-hmm. Peter Sabata, DeMarcus Johnson, George Lopez.: Bad Jorge- Brad Blackburn. <laughs> George Lopez. Jorge Lopez apologies. I did. I did right now exactly what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. I saw the name. George with a J. And you just wiped it out it as George. Yeah.
0: You just completely wiped it out that name. Um, oh man, that is good stuff. Um, yeah, that 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 was an interesting season. That was an interesting guy, Amir Sadala. Um He won the whole. He won the show, right? That's what I remember. He won the show, yeah, and then he, he had like injuries, he and he had to uh, he had to like go on hiatus for his uh, the start of his his actual UFC career.
1: Yep, he, he definitely won that. Uh, he won that season. Mike Dolce was on that season too. That's funny. Really? Yeah, Mike Dolce. Jesse Taylor was on that season. Oh
0: yeah, I forgot about Jesse Taylor. Um...
1: And he came back. Jesse uh, Jesse Taylor came back and he won the Ultimate Fighter again a couple years ago. Mm. The comeback season. They did, did another comeback. They, they did another comeback season a couple years ago where they brought in former contestants from the show that had blown I... it, and he won that one. But I then, like
0: Jesse, I like Jesse Taylor. There's something about his face that reminds me of Kuwabara from Yu Yu Hakusho.
1: He kind of looks like uh, he looks like Baraka from Mortal Kombat, a little bit. Oh, when he's <laughs> when he's bald, when he's
0: bald, yeah, yeah. Um, um, he's he uh, I'm thinking about back when he had hair when he was on the show originally had like this cool bar look too yeah him.
1: he did he did you're right oh man he looks just like Kuabara. <laughs> he talks through his nose dude talks, yeah. like <laughs> talks through his nose
0: yeah um shit what was i trying to think of right now but yeah i think we're uh we're getting about to that special time of day when we're gonna have to start wrapping this up i do have to get ready for work but
1: yes indeed
0: anything else we wanted to touch on will we still have time
1: I think that pretty much covers it for me. I mean, we covered the ESPN card. We covered, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, all of the so, rules.
0: You heard it here first, guys. We don't know a lot about most of the fighters on the ESPN card, <laughs> so
1: we don't really know who's going to win. But no. uh, both of us are going for Dillashaw. Both of us are going for Dillashaw. I do already know who wins. I got a big scoop. I know who wins in the uh, Rachel Ostevich-Page Van Zandt fight. You've got a scoop. Mm-hmm. All of us. everybody wins (laughs) everybody
0: wins uh everybody wins guys we have one like like, as long as you watch that fight fucking everybody wins watch the way it's it's gonna be a beautiful fight i don't need to see either of them throw one punch i could give a shit as long as i'm just gonna watch the way yeah (laughs) definitely watching the weigh-ins this time yeah yeah well (laughs) all right join us uh Join us for the uh, UFC presented by Brazzers. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a Clearly. big sponsor in the middle.
1: <laughs> no, it's funny. If Brazzers was to put together a scene with a Rachel Ostovich and a Paige Van Zandt, and they had to shoehorn a man in there, I could see him looking like Jesse Taylor. And I could see him coming in. You guys ordered, you guys ordered the big sausage pizza? <laughs> like, with just some really awful acting. And then Rachel Ostovich and Paige VanZant have to clearly fight over the pizza. There's right. only one way that they can solve this dilemma. It's through his dick. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Taylor, if he ever hears this, he's he's. I feel like he will like us. Yeah, get in there, Jesse. <laughs> you should ref get that fight. There. I want to see Jesse Taylor ref this fight.
0: Yeah, you <laughs> can make this happen. Yeah, no, this is gonna be a good one. All right, guys. Uh, give us a like, a follow, a share. The Back and Bone Show
1: Instagram, Facebook, and follow Matt too. He does stuff. Follow me at Matt Reviews Media, and I've I've actually been very active on it lately. I've been reviewing a lot of movies. So yeah, he likes to think so. Other things.
0: <laughs> so check yeah, out. Uh, uh, come check us out for our next episode. We got a couple things uh, in line. We're looking to put out a uh, an official. Review of Mandy plus spoilers, so mm-hmm. we'll be having that come out soon um, you're going to be getting uh, the bones the bones picks of random ass movies that you probably haven't seen, um, and if you have you'll hear what I have to say about them we're going to be looking into uh, the lobster. Did you get a chance to see that yet?
1: No, not yet, but I will before <laughs> our next podcast. I right. do have one quick note that I forgot to mention uh, Punker Mike sent me a very, very uh, hilarious movie trailer. Uh okay. <laughs> I was wondering if you knew that this existed. Um don't tell me it's the greasy strangler cuz no, 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 no. It was this <laughs> movie. Well, let me pull it up real quick before I forget. Um it was a movie with Matthew McConaughey and Peter Dinklage where um and then it also has Gary Oldman. Um and it's about dwarfs. Um Oh, what is this movie? I think what it was it called Tiptoes. Hold on, hold on, one second. I'm, I'm finding it right now. Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. No, no, no. Tiptoes. <laughs> it was called Tiptoes. I don't think I've seen it. it. No, this movie has uh, Matthew McConaughey, Kate Beckinsale, Patricia Arquette, Gary Oldman, and a and a. You have to watch the How are there this else? many?
0: How are there this many famous people? Tiptoes, Tip-toes ever
1: released? Oh, nationally. Okay, uh, you got to. That sounds like that's right up my alley. Actually, that's tiptoes t-i-p toes toes. um it looks like one of the worst shit bombs to ever be made really (laughs) you're gonna be baffled and you're gonna wonder how you've gotten through life and you've never heard of this so that reminds me mike for sending me because we have to watch this movie and review it it's pretty oh for sure so the next the
0: next episode uh you will be hearing an in-depth review of tiptoes yes expect that and um that, that reminds me. Have you ever seen uh, Heat Vision and Jack? Heat Vision, Jack. Heat Vision no. and Jack. Heat Vision and Jack. No, I have not. Produced by Ben Stiller. Mm-hmm. It's a TV series pilot that the show was not given the go-ahead, starring um, Jack Black as a man who triggered by the sun. He was He was an ex-astronaut who came too close to the sun and triggered by sunlight. His brain is full potential is unlocked, and he knows everything in the world. And he's accompanied by his roommate, who by who was uh, transformed by NASA into a talking motorcycle, voiced by Owen Wilson.
1: <laughs> I feel like I know somebody. This has happened to you. This sounds yeah. strikingly familiar to my own life. Yeah, you need to you need to watch the show. Okay, okay. yeah, it's I've. Del- I, this
0: sounds it's, yeah insane it's only one episode it's called heat vision and jack i and we we <laughs> what year is this from it was from like uh i think it was late 90s it was it, yeah i'm going to have to look this up i didn't know this existed this oh no dude it's it, on par with tiptoes it's only like 20 minutes long and it is fucking hysterical you got to watch it
1: okay we'll do all
0: right thanks again for joining us guys and uh for a little uh, post credit discussion there preview of the next episode indeed We'll be back. Oh, Play, guys.